You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. luscious listeners welcome to good job brain your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast this is episode 123 and of course i'm your humble host karen and we are your gaggle of gangly googling gigglers i'm colin i'm dana and i'm chris all right uh before we start the show i want to share a listener email with you guys this is from jessica and she wrote in and said good job brain my name is jessica and my trivia team Meow, meow, meow. <laughs> Just got placed in the Texas State Finals. What? what? There's state finals? State finals. Oh. We only have city finals. <laughs> we, we, well, we have... Bay Area. Bay Area. We're Northern yeah. California. True, yeah. true. Yeah, right. so, but not state. Not state. Yeah. Not state. Yeah. California. Yeah. Right, yeah. All wow. right, go, go Jessica. Jessica. Yeah. And she says, I just want to let y'all... Because they say that. Yeah, yeah sure. No, that, apparently they write it in email. So. <laughs> that your podcast helped me answer a question tonight. Ooh. The question was, what candy company's name is a portmanteau of its founder uh, and the place that it's headquartered? Oh. Oh. Haribo. Haribo. Yeah. Haribo. Yes. Awesome. She says, I knew right away Haribo was the answer from listening to one of your previous episodes. Y'all are amazing. So congrats, Jessica and team Meow Meow Meow. I don't know when your state finals are, but wish you guys good luck. Texas is a big state, too. It is. That's really is quite an honor. Yeah, we, yeah. we couldn't even get that far. Once we did, <laughs> once Cal- we touched California is pretty big too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we won the grand championships yeah. once. We did. That's right. That was the there best day of my two life. Totally. major competitive universities in our area. That's true. Yeah, it's like the Stanley Cup. Like our name, our team name is etched on the trophy. Forever. You know what? If forever, they cannot take that away from That's us until right. they throw it away. Yeah, right. Until yeah. such time until as they it need gets more space. And yeah, by the black. But once we did taste greatness. Yeah. Anyways, all right. It's time for our first general trivia segment: pop quiz, hacha. All right, I have a random Trivial Pursuit card here, and you guys have your morning zoo radio buzzers. Let's answer some questions. Here we go. What country shows symbols from I Ching on its flag? Colin. I think that's uh, South Korea? Correct, South Hmm. Korea. Hmm. It's the four... It's called trigrams. Mm. Uh, the little kind of three lines on the four corners. Uh, The Hmm. four trigrams represent heaven, earth, Fire and water. Hmm. All right. Pink wedge for pop culture. What soap opera aired daytime drama's first lesbian wedding? Oh. oh. I mean, I they're, they're you know, I daytime drama. Yeah, yeah. All my children. Correct. <laughs> I don't think I could. Oh, Bold and Beautiful. There was one that did all sorts of crazy storylines. Pleasures? Was it? Or was it tr- what? Point. There was one. Bold, yeah. uh, Bold and Beautiful, All My Children, yeah. uh, Days, yeah. Days of Our Lives. General, General Hospital. General yeah. Hospital. Yeah. No, the yeah. one I'm thinking, I think it had alien storylines. Yeah. And oh, like, yeah. Little, oh, yeah. Uh, I know, yeah, you're right. I know the one you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. It, was, it got kind of bananas. Yeah. yeah. But, yes, bananas. Yeah, bananas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Yellow Wedge. What New York Times columnist was dubbed the Cobra by serial nicknamer George W. Bush? The Cobra. The Cobra. Cobra. New York Times columnist. Uh, I'll guess. Colin. Uh, William Sapphire? Incorrect. Mm-hmm. It, Paul Krugman? 
incorrect. I don't know any of these people. Dana. Maureen Dowd. Maureen, Maureen Dowd. Dowd. <laughs> Cobra. Cobra. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, Purple Wedge. What gay teen heartthrob entitled his 2007 memoir, Out of Sync? Oh, oh Dana. Uh, Lance Bass. Yes. The former NSYNCer came out in 2006. Green Wedge for science, kind of science, I guess, who beat out CNN to become the first Twitter user with one million followers. This is a very popular pub quiz oh. question. Yeah, I believe, for, okay, first Chris, with one million followers? First. Is it Ashton Kutcher? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Good I know. I know it because I know it. Yeah. Yep. All right, here we go. Last question, Orange Wedge. What fitness franchise claims its unofficial motto is, quote, no makeup, no men, and no mirrors? <laughs> Everybody curves. <laughs> There's one right around the block here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't get it. What is it? It's to not make women feel self-conscious while they're exercising. Right. So there are no mirrors. There's nobody looking at you. You're just yep. doing exercise. Oh, yeah. I see. All right, good job, brains. So this week's topic is inspired by a lot of people wrote in, um, wanting, yearning for an episode about movies. We talk, we talk a lot about, about movies. About movies. I feel like we do. Yeah, I mean, a lot of um, our previous maybe quizzes, yeah. uh, titles, actors, yeah. a lot of like celebrity kind of uh, mm. infused quizzes mm-hmm. in our other episodes, but we never made an actual full episode yeah. about the silver screen or huh. the history and things like movies and definitely music is such a integral part of our entertainment culture and such fertile ground for trivia it it's is. just yeah, virtually oh, yeah. virtually limitless movies amount like of trivia. sports generate yeah. their own trivia yeah. Yeah. especially with resources like the internet movie database which like instantly lets you see like you know what movies an actor was in what movies an actor and another actor shared Absolutely. how many steps you I have to get game. from one person to Kevin Bacon yeah. yeah so finally guys today we're going to dedicate a whole episode to movies and movie stars and movie culture and movie production and wacky history and facts and all that stuff. So get out your popcorn and your snow caps and your red vines because we're going to the movies. Hooray for Hollywood, where you're terrific if you're even good. Where anyone at all from Shirley Temple to Amy Semple is equally understood. Go out and try your luck, you might be Donald Duck. Well, I'll start us off here, uh, and I'm glad you guys mentioned both IMDb and Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon at the top, because I love both of those things. Mm-hmm. I, I would say, probably behind Wikipedia, I spend the most amount of time just mm-hmm. wasted on the internet, just browsing IMDb, oh. just link after link, you know, who was in this movie? Oh, they were in that movie? Oh, who was in yeah. this one? I, every time I watch a movie, I have my phone out yes! on IMDb, and I get like, made fun of a lot for having to know who everybody was in that. Or yeah. if I'm watching <laughs> movies in the theater, the first thing after the movie he's done walk out so I was like yeah. I gotta go check who's this where's this guy from so in that spirit I've put together a quiz for you guys called who was in that aka the right place at the right time okay and okay. I assembled this quiz <laughs> okay I like colon yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I assembled this quiz through linking on IMDb. I would start with one movie in mind, and I would click around. So all of these movies, I'm going to give you a list of movies. I love 
this. I'm going to give you a list of three movies, and uh-huh. you need to tell me who is the common thread. Who is okay. in that? Who is in all oh, three of the movies okay. that I am naming? And this okay. is without the help of, this is just off the top of our head. That's right. Not, That's with, right. not like not one using. actor who, you know, was in the background of all three These movies. are all people, like, and these are, none of these are uncredited, not an extra. Okay. We're buzzing in? Yes, uh, go ahead and buzz in. I love it. Uh, I will give you three <laughs> movies, uh, and for no other reason than it tickles me, I will be reading these in the first person. So, oh. I was in Armageddon, uh-huh. Sin City, mm-hmm. and Moonrise Kingdom. Who am I? Dana. You're Bruce Willis. I am Bruce Willis. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, he was in Moonrise Kingdom. That's yes. Huh. All right, so you guys get the concept. Here we go. Okay. okay. I was in The King's Speech. Mm. I was in Planet of the Apes, the remake. And I was in Fight Club. Who am I? Karen. Uh, Helena Bonham Carter. Correct. Yeah. Yes. And it was actually her in Planet of the Apes. It's the... Uh, yes, the right. 2001... It's not like her voice. Right, not her voice, yes. She was actually in the She was in the costume. suit, yes. She mm-hmm. was Ari, I believe, was her character's name in the suit. But I'm glad you mentioned that. Some of these may be voices oh, of... Okay. Okay. They may be. Might be. Okay. I was in The Blues Brothers, mm-hmm. When Harry Met Sally... And Star Wars. Who Whoa. am I? Which which Star Wars? Uh, Dana. Uh, you're Carrie Fisher. I am Carrie oh. Fisher. Yes, she was. Uh, and it, she was Marie, and when Harry met Sally, their friend, they tried to hook up. Uh, she was obviously Princess Leia in Star Wars. Oh yeah. And in Blues Brothers. <laughs> oh yeah. In Blues Brothers, she was Jake's uh, ex girlfriend who was hunting him down, trying to kill him, sort of over <laughs> the course of the movie. Oh. Famous scene with her with a machine gun. Yes. I was in Natural Born Killers, mm-hmm. Bowfinger, and Weird Science. Oh, interesting. Whoa. Who am I? Karen. Are you Anthony Michael Hall? I'm not Anthony Michael Hall. I have very recently made much, much, much money and fame portraying a superhero who wears a suit. <laughs> they all do. Made of metal. <laughs> oh. Robert Downey oh, Jr. Yeah. Yes, I'm yeah. Robert Downey Jr. Like yes. Everything. He was yeah. Wayne Gale. He was the, the tabloid reporter in Natural Born Killers. Huh. He was uh, Ian, one of the, uh, the the snobby teens in Weird Science. Huh. Uh, and he was uh, Jerry Renfro. He was the producer that Steve Martin's trying to impress when he's in the restaurant oh. in Bowfinger. Huh. I like Bowfinger. Bowfinger's, I think, Chubby is... Chubby Ray. Yeah, Bowfinger makes me laugh. <laughs> I was in Blade Runner. Okay. Wall Street... And Steel Magnolias. Who am I? Blade Runner, Wall Street, and Steel Magnolias. Man. Dana. Daryl Hannah? Daryl Hannah. Oh. Yes. Oh. Yeah. She wow. was the sex robot. Yeah. She, <laughs> <laughs> she was. Uh, she, yeah, she, was yeah. the, she was the replicant. Yeah, she was yep. Pris in Blade Runner. She was Darian in Wall Street and Anel in Steel Magnolias. Mm-hmm. Huh. All right, we're getting down to some of the smaller roles here. So, mm-hmm. yeah. all right, uh, this is hard. These are some movies I haven't really watched. All right, okay. I was in Total Recall, mm-hmm. Last Action Hero, and Casino. Mm-hmm. Who am I? Sharon Stone. Yes, I am mm-hmm. Sharon yes. Stone. I was in The Truman Show, mm-hmm. Saving Private Ryan, and Twelve Years a Slave. Who am I? Wow. 
This person uh, is definitely a character actor. Mm. I am Paul Giamatti. Oh, that's right. Oh. I am Paul nice. Giamatti. Yes. Right. The uh, the text, the director's in Truman Show. He was uh, Sergeant Hill in Saving Private Ryan. Wow. And he was Freeman. He was like the evil, you know, slave dealer in 12 Years a Slave. Huh. Yeah. All right, and this is one of my favorite examples and why I called this one uh, The Right Place at the Right Time. I was in all of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mm-hmm. I was in all of the Matrix trilogy. And I was in the first three Transformers movies. <laughs> Who am I? Whoa. Voices or actor? Like wh- in the Transformers movie, uh, I played a voice. Oh, Karen. Frank Welker? No, not oh. Frank Welker. Ah. It okay. is Hugo Weaving. Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Agent Smith. Oh, oh, man. Boo. That shouldn't have been a hard one. Yeah, yeah. I know. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah. And here's a here's a fun trivia question that that you'll see on uh, movie boards a lot on the internet. Uh, who is the only person to have been killed by an alien in the Aliens <laughs> movies, a Terminator in the Terminator movies, and a Predator in the Predator movies? Wow. Is it Bill Paxton? It is. Oh, yes. Wow. The, the answer that people are looking for is Bill Paxton. Now. Game over, man. Th- there is a little bit of dispute. Uh, so he's in the first Terminator movie. He's one of the punks, you know, that Arnold Schwarzenegger accosted at the <laughs> very beginning, you know, when he's still like nude yeah. walking around. You don't actually see him die. So that's kind of an oh, yeah. um, actually point of contention. So just just be just be advised. I'm pretty okay. sure he probably yeah, yes. died. All right. Last one, guys. Who? Which are the only two characters to appear in all six Star Wars movies played by the same actor? Karen. That's Palpatine. Incorrect. (gasps) Is it C-3PO and R2-D2? It is C-3PO and R2-D2. Voiced and or played by the same actors in all six movies. Oh. All right. Good job, guys. So I want to take you back not to the not to the the very beginning of movies, but to the early sort of days of popular cinema. This will come up in trivia a lot. The first talkie, as they used to call them, or the first uh, feature film full length motion picture that actually had synchronized talking sound was not a silent picture. Was <laughs> yeah, was this? You, this is why we're not was this the original the jazz singer? This was the jazz singer. Yeah, uh, yes, starring okay. Al Jolson. So that was the first talkie. It's also the first musical. And I want to talk about the technology that it used because this is some really weird stuff. Take a guess as to like, say you run a movie theater. Yep. We're you're going to show the first talkie. Oh, what I, what gets delivered to you? I like, have what a guess. is the medium? I yeah. would I would guess that you get a a reel or a set of film reels and a record. Yes, and, that's and you have my to guess. play them synchronously. You are absolutely right. This is the <laughs> I actually don't know how it's pronounced. I tried to find it. It's either the it's 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 called Vitaphone or possibly Vitaphone. It comes from the Latin sound and uh, living or living and sound, right? I better be Vitaphone, like vitamin. Okay, so anyway. we'll call it Vitaphone. Well, and if British it turns people out, call it vitamin. Uh, oh, <laughs> what are we going to do? I don't know. So I'm going to call it Vitaphone because vitamins. <laughs> okay. Now, the, the weird thing about Vitaphone uh, and what they would do is they would film it while simultaneously recording the sound in wow. the room onto a wax, you know, record. They actually... Mm-hmm. 
had already started developing within Warner Brothers, which is where the Vitaphone system came from, they they were already working on sound on film. What they could do was they would, you know, as they're shooting the film, they could listen in on the, the sounds and convert that into light mm-hmm. and then expose mm-hmm. it like an, an area on the side of the film and then read that back and retranslate it into sound. sound. Mm-hmm. But it didn't sound as good when mm-hmm. they were when they were working on the two technologies. The the quality was was not very good at all. Now, the Vitaphone system actually sounded pretty great because they had, you know, recording grooves into records was already kind of um, something that was happening and it sounded really nice. So Warner pushed ahead with Vitaphone. You might imagine that a lot of things could go wrong. Yes. <laughs> Everything could, in fact, go wrong. Yeah. So, first of all, what they never had a problem with with silent pictures was the sound of the cameras. And the sound, oh. because as they're like clackety clackety clack, like yeah, like rolling the film through, like this, this was not a problem. So they literally, when they were filming the, these first talkies, they had to take all the camera equipment and everything and put it all into a soundproof room uh, uh, where they were looking out windows, basically, <laughs> and that was how they had to shoot wow. this to obscure the sounds of the cameras from what the microphones were picking up. This was actually a problem for movie directors because it actually yeah. restricted the, the space. The, the, the dynamism of the shots that they sure. could get yeah. because it was pointed through a window at the, at, you <laughs> yeah. know, what was going on. Yeah. So that was a problem. If somebody blows a take, you know, it's like not only do you have the film that you just sort of wasted, but you were just recording this wax record so throw that out start you know start another one do you have to start the movie all over again basically yeah so you've now hit on you've now hit on problem number three which is editing is now a colossal issue because now you can't just take the film all the different parts of film and splice up the scenes that you want you can't edit it you can't edit the record at all you can't so you basically you had to like do the scene and they'd record into the the wax basically into the mold and then they'd listen to it standing there on set and make sure that it sounds correct and if that's good if they're happy with it then they then they run with that so let's say you finished and distributed your Vitaphone movie the theater now has to buy this entirely new projection yeah. system cuz it's yeah. not just like start the film and then go buy an off-the-shelf record player. There was a combination unit that you lined up the record with an arrow. We have this image of the, you know, the projectioner and the movie theater being the pimply-faced team, you know? Like, it was really a difficult job, especially with this technology back in the day, because, like, if something starts to go wrong, you have to make little tiny little manual adjustments to To the speed of the film and the speed of the... They had, like, levers that would... They would let you, like, do a little bit. Yeah, if things got out of sync... It would immediately go from being like really entertaining to really embarrassing. Oh, and of course, if you drop one of those discs, it shatters because they're not like vinyl. They're made out of shellac and like crushed up bits of whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, just gone. Oh, and then also, you don't really have to worry about that because you can only really play these discs like, oh, like 20 times (laughs) before there's a noticeable drop in sound quality because of the, you know, the record groove getting worn out. So, you've got to get more discs. But the thing is, Warner really pushed ahead with this and they were like, no, this is it. Meanwhile, as this is all happening, guess what? Vast improvements are made in the sound-to-film technology. And that starts to get good. And, of course, it's much more... Nothing ever gets out of sync because the sound and the pictures are right there. Yeah. Yeah. 
by the early 1930s, just a couple of years into Warner making this big push of like getting theaters to buy this expensive new equipment and doing all their movies on Vitaphone sound to film started getting a lot better and it was obvious that yeah and now there's a sort of a tight-knit community of people that actually works together with the movie studios and with like libraries and uh, archival um, organizations to try to figure out what's on vitaphone Mm. what where are the reels and where are the records and Mm. they're and they're trying to match up reels and records so if as people discover the records they're trying to be like oh i've got the reel and they'll restore them and put them together and make them available i hate out of sync sound it's so so yeah so it is amazing how small the duration is before your brain is like your your brain is so good at seeing out of sync and and it's it's irritating it like it drives people nuts Yeah. I don't know about you guys. I'll ask. Do you hmm. guys have like lingo at work that only your coworkers totally know, but if you were talking to somebody else, oh, yeah. sure. they would not know. Yeah. So I have a quiz for you guys about film crews, because they also have oh. like slang and lingo mm. for um, their jobs, things that come up for them. And I, I try to pick the things that are interesting and not too uh, technical. All right. Inside movie. Inside movies, behind the scenes. Let's start with this. What's above the line? Do you know what that means? Oh, like on a, on a line. on a crew, who's above the line? Above the oh. line, hmm. Chris. Oh, on a crew? Mm-hmm. On a film production. Hmm. Is that is that like your name appears before the title of the movie and the, the credit sequence? So people <laughs> people who whose names do appear there, yes, are above the line. It's the creative part of the production. They're the um, writer, producer, director, actors, ah. and below the line are the people, the crew, crew members. Oh, okay. Crew. okay. What about the honey wagon? <laughs> uh, what is that? I, I believe those are the porta potties, right? The portable toilets. Yeah, the really? bathrooms and dressing rooms. <laughs> yes. Huh. Yeah, I have noticed in other things that honey is a euphemism for um, yeah. for poop. For poop, yeah. <laughs> honey wagon. The honey wagon. If somebody said hot points, what do you think that hot means? Hot points. What, what would you do? Hot point. Take my clothes off? Delicious toast triangle. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Take your marks, maybe? Like hot, hot points. points. Hot points. No. Hot mics. It means that they're carrying something heavy and you should get out of their way. Oh. Like, because you're moving heavy co- yeah. machinery around all the time. So, hot, hot points. points. Right. Get it's out of hot here. and pointy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> covering all yeah, my bases. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that gets you out of the way. If somebody yeah. says this is heavy, I'm like, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. Great. It's hot yeah. points. Hot points. But, oh, better get out of the yeah. way. <laughs> uh, what about the last man? There's a, there's a rule in film productions about oh. the last man. Hmm. What is that? Oh, what could be the yeah. last time? I've heard of this, but I can't. Yeah. Maybe something related to like shooting, I don't know, like the last man out shooting on a right, set for the right. day or something. I don't know. It's the last person to get their food for lunch. You oh. can't start lunch until, you can't actually eat until everybody's oh, gotten really? food. Or you're oh. not supposed to. Oh, okay. People get upset when people break huh. the last man rule. Okay, so here are two common shots, two things that people talk about in terms of shooting. What's a choker shot? Whoa, whoa, choker shot. Or a screamer. They also call it a screamer. Yeah. Is it is it tightly zoomed in on yes. the face? Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's an extreme wow. close up. Extreme close up. I read something that said if you called it an extreme close up, they'd think you were an amateur. It's oh, like choker okay. a choker or a screamer. Yeah. Oh. Nice. Yeah. Now we know. Good to know. Yeah. What about a martini shot? Mm, martini, martini shot. shot. Is it uh, just a shot of someone drinking any liquid? No. Mm. It is the last shot of the day. Oh! Oh, oh, I have 
have heard that. that. I have yeah. heard that before. Wait, what? Because after this, we, we go get our martinis. martinis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People talk about that a lot on set because it's, it's important. You don't know necessarily that they cut some scenes. It's like you should start wrapping up your work for the day. This is the martini yep. shot. We're done. Got yeah. it. So walkie talkies are really important for communicating on set. All this stuff about walkie talkie etiquette. Uh. So what's ten four? Okay. Yeah, I understand. Message received. Yeah, okay. How about ten one? Ten one. Uh, repeat that last message. No. Oh yeah, I was going to say say again. I was going to guess uh-huh. that. Is I've got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Number one. Gotta go. <laughs> oh. And okay. ten two is. Yeah. <laughs> Honey well, wagon. Yeah. 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 What's ten three? Combination of. You don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't find it. I was trying to find. <laughs> it. I pee and poop at this again. I was like, and then ten four is. I understand. It's a funny. Yeah. Machine. Right. Right. Okay. Pee poop question marks understand. Yeah. How about what's a hot brick? <laughs> something in the honey. It's not like a hot too. point. So that, hot okay. brick. A power strip or something? Oh, you're kind of. Oh. Hot brick. It's a working walkie talkie or a hot oh, walkie talkie. Okay. Right. And a cold brick is a, a dead one. A dead walkie talkie. Like hot mic. Got it. Yeah, okay. he's, got a, he's got a hot brick. I got a cold brick. All right. <laughs> On the set, who's the juicer? What's the juicer? (laughs) Electrician? Yes. Oh, good. Okay, last one. What's golden time? Golden time. Oh, golden time. It's like it's like that that magic set of lighting, right? Like early in the morning or at the end That's of the, the day. That's the magic hour. Oh. That is a thing. They it's, do. Uh, oh. like, it's like twilight, right? It's like late no. in the day. I think it's golden time. It's like extra <laughs> overtime, right? Yes. It's like double. Yeah. So oh. there's regular time, overtime, and then golden oh, time, yeah. oh. which oh. makes everybody which pays really well. Double pay. I see. Makes producers nervous. Uh, right, <laughs> right, right, golden time. Wow. But yeah. magic hour is also a, a thing. thing that it's talk about, yeah. too, with the lighting. Now it can sound like a yeah. like Yeah, a I got a cold oh. brick yeah, here. Hey, yeah. Hot <laughs> points, guys! <laughs> 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 There's a really awesome blog I found um, that talks about it. It's a, a guy who's an um, assistant cameraman, and it's called theblackandblue.com. It was really well written. I, was, I read a few articles, and then I made the quiz, but I was... That's yeah. cool. Super I good. love. I love as yeah. you said. Like I love those lists of glossaries when it tells you like this is not really used in the industry. Like if you use this, you'll sound like an outsider. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I right. love yeah. those. I love those. Very inside movies. Yeah. All right, guys. I have a opening question for you. What do the films transmorphers, <laughs> snakes on a train, <laughs> and Atlantic Rim? <laughs> have in common i can guess chris they they are shameless knockoffs they're straight to dvd shameless knockoffs they sound familiar yeah but these films are considered mockbusters that's a good word that's great a mockbuster is often and usually a low-budget film Mm -hmm. uh created with the intention of quote tying in (laughs) Uh, with sure. a major film with a similar title or, or theme. That's right. Mockbusters today, these films actually never really make it to the theaters. They're not meant to make it to the theaters. Mm. Like you said, Chris, they're mostly direct-to-video or direct-to-DVD right. or sometimes Well, they're supposed TV to be movies. like on DVD when the actual film in question is still in the theaters, so it's yep. fresh in people's minds. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. right. And so here's the thing. So it's not... It's not necessarily they're trying to 
trick the audience. I think your usual audience is smart enough to know that the right movie, the blockbuster hit, is Snakes on a Plane, uh-huh. not yeah. Snakes on a Train. The way the industry talks about it is that they, they really see themselves as a tie-in. Well, they yeah, this. they know that there's going to be a huge marketing campaign behind the real thing, and so that interest that is generated for snakes in a mode of transportation <laughs> like some of enough of that will just they'll just get free advertising for their the own Halo movie like yeah. oh maybe yeah. I would like this one too you guys, you guys are being far more charitable than I I, yeah. I I think that like if you're putting together a movie called Transmorphers yeah. I feel like you're trying to trick people I yeah. feel like you're trying to just ride their I think tales. I mean there was this animated movie that had some other random title but it was set in a cold climate it was set in I don't know Alaska or something For, yeah yep. Frozen Land Land. A lo- and a- they and they but they retitled it Frozen yeah. Land as Frozen was coming out. It's not just a recent thing. I mean, the movie industry has been doing the business of mockbusters for a very long time. For example, in 1959, there's hmm. uh, the Creature from the Black Lagoon, very yeah. famous, and there was another movie called The Monster of. Piedras Blancas, which was definitely a mockbuster of Creature of the Black Lagoon. Mm-hmm. Star Wars, Colin, Star Wars had a bunch of kind of knockoffs or imitators. There was a Battle Beyond the Stars and Star Crash. Sure, sure. And a lot of people would call mockbusters B-movies, right? Mm. And do you guys know where B-movies come from? The term B-movies. Well, I just hmm? figured it was like, like Not a, a. a side, B-side. Yeah, that's just what I figured. So back in the day, the golden age of Hollywood, when you know people went to the movie theaters for like half a day, they have double features. Uh, Your okay. first feature oh. is uh, the main uh, big feature. And that's the A-movie. That's the A-movie. And then your B-movie is the cheaper, lower budget Huh. Kind of schlocky, you know, later that in the day. Sense. That yep. makes sense. Um, and so now that you know, movie theaters don't do double feature anymore, I think like in the 50s they stopped, but somehow that term still stuck with a lower mm-hmm. budget movie, yeah. which yeah. is a B movie. But throughout history, we've seen a lot of movie trends or themes and audience tastes. They kind of, it's not just tied to mockbusters, right. it ties to even major blockbusters, right? I remember in the 90s there was a lot of natural disaster movies or end of the world movies there was deep impact there was armageddon they're all kind of bunched together and there was some sort of like marketing taste for a particular type movie and like you can say currently we're in a superheroes craze right right and all of your Mm -hmm. major blockbusters also also the uh dystopian uh teen young adult movie i feel like there's also a lot of those right now Mm mm-hmm But no one has done the business of Mockbusters, as well as the company known as The Asylum. They Mm. have made a great business model, and this is what they do. They will jump on uh, publicities of upcoming Blockbusters and make low-budget versions, either for TV or for DVD or for streaming. And those come out... Around the same time, your major, the major original, I guess, uh, film is coming out in Mm -hmm. the theaters. So the Asylum was founded by former film industry executives. And uh, in the beginning, the company was doing low budget films, usually in like the horror kind of genre. But in 2005, something really interesting happened. They produced a low budget adaptation of War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. Okay. Which was released in the same year as Steven Spielberg's uh, War oh, yeah. of the Worlds. So just- and this is still in the in the industry of, of home video rentals. Blockbuster ordered a significant amount of <gasps> Mockbuster War of the Worlds. Oh. 
And so it made them think, oh, this is this is something we're onto. And this was kind of the changing point. But now it's like they're latching onto this idea of mockbusters. Funny enough, Asylum never lost money on a film. <laughs> wow. Well, because they don't spend that money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Well, I mean, so much of the of the the budget for films is marketing. Yeah, right. And which and they so don't have to do. They don't have to do it. Yeah. yeah. Here I have a quick lightning round. Okay. I'm gonna name the Asylum mockbuster. <laughs> okay. Tell me what the source movie is. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. The Da Vinci Treasure. <laughs> the da, da Vinci, Vinci Code. Code. Yes. Yes. We probably don't have yeah. to buzz yeah. 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 You're okay. right. You're right. Yeah, let's do it. Um, <laughs> Pirates of Treasure Island. <laughs> Pirates, Pirates of the, of the Caribbean. Caribbean. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am Omega. Uh, I am, this is a clever one. I, I am, am Omega. Omega. Uh, hmm. I am Legend. It's I am Legend, oh. which is based on the Omega mm. Man. Oh man! So they combined mm-hmm. both. Yep. I am Omega. <laughs> Paranormal entity. Paranormal <laughs> activity. activity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can see people getting confused about that one really easily. There, we picked up this. We never watched it, but it's this like CG animated movie. It's and it, the title. The title is. Ratatouing. Yes! <laughs> R-A-T-A-T-O-I-N-G. We're like, so I'm what not, even is this? I'm not even diving what? into the animated <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. mockbusters. The animated Pixar knockoffs are, there's so many of them, <laughs> and they're horrible. Yeah. yeah. Like, the some of the animated knockoffs. It's like watching a PlayStation 1 video game. They're done by, like, yeah, they're done by, like, a, a Brazilian company that keeps churning them uh, out. Yeah, mm. um, yeah Ratatouing. 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 I think one of them is, what's up? A house with balloons. <laughs> <laughs> that one I kind of want to yeah. watch. Yeah. That one actually, you know, that's, <laughs> um... What's up? Balloon to the rescue. What's up? <laughs> yeah. Balloon to the rescue. <laughs> Video Brinquedo, a Brazilian CGI animation studio, made uh, a little cars as well, which is a cars <laughs> on yeah. Ratatouille. Uh, <laughs> the Frog Prince, not to be confused uh. with the Princess and the Frog. Right. Kind of, kind of shameless. Monsters Limited Liability Corporation. <laughs> yeah. Monsters LLC. Yeah. 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 Monsters GmbH. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but outside of the business of mockbusters the asylum made uh, quite a pretty penny on what they thought was just a ton cheek uh, movie that spawned a whole bunch of other movies mm-hmm. and this movie was of course probably heard of it mega shark versus giant octopus oh, yeah. yeah this spawned a whole bunch of asylum uh, monster movies mm-hmm. including uh, Mega Piranha, Mega Shark versus Crocosaurus, oh, okay. and uh, Mega Python versus Gatoroid. Of course, probably we know oh, Sharknado. Sharknado. Yeah. Sharknado 2 just released on Sci-Fi, mm-hmm. and this is kind of also part of Asylum's business model. Aside from Mockbusters, they also have uh, these kind of Got a lot of these TV movies that are to Sci-Fi mm-hmm. or to Lifetime. Yeah. They're not trying to be a real blockbuster. No, oh. they're very tongue in cheek. Very tongue in cheek. Yeah. Which one did they put on Lifetime? Do you know? Married to a sharktopus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my stepson, my shark. <laughs> <laughs> not without my shark. <laughs> not without my shark. <laughs> 
I believe just in the last uh, week or so, I was flipping through and caught a bit of Mega Shark versus Mecha Shark. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, which is exactly what you think it is. I just, is I can't it believe. Well, you know, parts of it are underwater, Dana, but um, no, it's mostly on land. That's what I was, yeah. I was yeah. like. It's... Yeah. I just don't, I, I just wanted to say I don't understand how Mega Shark and Mecha Shark didn't reconcile their differences and or team up. Yeah. yeah. It seems oh. like they have, it seems like they have more in common than right. differences. Yeah. 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 What if they reproduce? Mega well, Mecha but, Shark Baby. But Mecha Shark is a is a robot. Right? Robot. Shark. There's no reproductive organ. Hey man, nanosperm. Ew. <laughs> I don't know. You know, nanosperm. But you know, <laughs> fill, sure. fill in the details. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For example. <laughs> Hey, I'm just problem solving here, you guys. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, and you've just been hired by Asylum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. A word from our sponsor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Good Job Brain. Smooth puzzles. Smart trivia. Good Job Brain. I would like to uh, begin this next segment by playing a very short clip for you guys oh. from the movie The Charge at Feather River oh. from 1953. Oh. It's a Western. Okay. You help! Yeah, I'll just fill my pipe! <laughs> I know that guy. Yeah. Wilhelm. You yeah. do know that yeah. guy, Chris, and his name is Wilhelm. Mm. And these days, although this movie is largely unknown, it is famous for giving a name to perhaps the most famous sound effect in Hollywood history. And I believe Chris uh, ha- knows what this is. Chris, the, the Wilhelm scream. Yes, yeah. the Wilhelm scream. And what the Wilhelm scream is, was, shall be, is a stock sound effect of the man screaming. This was not uncommon, uh, especially in the 1950s and 60s, of if you had a particular sound effect, it would show up again and again and again, particularly within one given studio's movies. Oh, like a library. Like, exactly. Yeah. They would create a library of here's, you know, arrow being shot. Here's sword clash, you know. Yeah. So as, you know, as a, as a movie maker or sound engineer, you don't need to recreate these sounds every single time. And this particular scream has become one of the most, if not the most used stock sound effect really? ever, ever. It, oh, yeah. From first yeah. appeared in this movie. So let's back up. Let's right. back up a couple years. It was first used in a movie called Distant Drums Ooh. from 1951. Uh, it was a Gary Cooper movie. 
and it was basically about uh, explorers, uh, you know, in in and around the Everglades and their interactions with the uh, Native American tribes. Safe to say, not a terribly politically correct movie okay, sure, by okay. today's standards. Got it. Uh, but one of the scenes in Distant Drums featured uh, a man getting attacked by an alligator as they're going through the Everglades, <laughs> and they recorded originally for that movie several samples of a guy screaming that then they would lay in afterward, and that was the source of the original scream. So, but it was it didn't take its name until, as I played for you just now, the charge at Feather River, where Wilhelm, <laughs> and then he gets shot in the leg. And so, as I say, you know, this went into a library of sound effect vault kind of thing, and you'd use it when needed. And it was actually featured in you know some big name movies into the fifties and sixties. It was in A Star Is Born. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in PT One Hundred Nine. So, why is this a big deal? This was a big deal because this sound effect was reintroduced to the world in a small movie you may have heard of called Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Ben Burt, who was the sound designer uh, on Star Wars, as well as a number of other uh, George Lucas movies, he found this clip in on a reel, basically, as he was uh, creating all the sound effects for Star Wars, and he found it labeled man being eaten by alligator. Yeah. <laughs> and nope. I think, you know, yeah. you're going to need Just that. in case. Sure. Uh, and partly out of his need for a sound of someone falling, and I think partly out of his just sort of mischievous streak, he decided to put it into Star Wars. So let me play you the, the clip where it appears in Star I'm Wars. I'm trying to guess where it is. This is when uh, Luke and Leia are escaping across the chasm and the stormtroopers on the other side. Okay. <laughs> it's one of those sound effects where once you hear it, it just jumps out at you. Yeah. So from there, really, this is just, you know, the late 70s, early 80s. It kind of exploded. Well, and Star Wars was sort of an influential film yeah, yeah, on yeah. many young yeah. directors. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it, in some ways, I guess it kind of became like an in-joke, almost, yeah, as the way to put it. Right. Yeah, in-joke slash homage slash, like, Easter egg for other people in the industry. You know, that mm-hmm. as a sound designer, you'd find a way to sneak the Wilhelm scream into your movie just so that everyone else who's in the know can be like, oh, hey, Wilhelm scream, and kind Very of, you cool. know, nudge their date. Yeah, you're yeah. so cool. <laughs> you, you know the joke, apparently. <laughs> Stop talking during the movie. George Lucas uses this a lot. Steven Spielberg has used it a lot. Huh. Uh, Quentin Tarantino when he was first introduced to the Wilhelm scream kind of just fell in love with it he has used it Peter Jackson has used it as well and it's kind of become you know and and all of these people that I just named they're film nerd directors you know what I mean they all really kind of like I think tying themselves to this rich history of the Wilhelm scream I can I don't have the time here to list all of the movies that this sample has been used in but I will give you greatest hits a sampling of some of the greatest hits of movies wherein you can find the Wilhelm Wilhelm Scream. In no particular order. Despicable Me. Inglorious Bastards. Reservoir Dogs. Kung Fu Panda. Beauty and the Beast. And Aladdin. Raiders of the Lost Ark, as I mentioned. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And this one, I think, merits special note because it's actually used as the sound of one of Mola Ram's thugs being eaten by an alligator. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's it's a wink-wink inside of a wink-wink. Wow. Toy Story. Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, and the Two Towers. <laughs> Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean, Transformers, Up, Titanic, and 
every single one of the Star Wars movies. Wow. So it's, it, again, we have Star Wars to thank for many things, and in perpetuating the Wilhelm scream is one of them. Wilhelm scream. What about the guy who screamed? The guy who screamed. Karen, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> uh, ben Bird himself uh, did a little bit of research into this, and a couple of other uh, you know, magazines and film writers have dug into this. By all accounts, it seems that the man who created the original scream was Sheb Woolley, who you may not know the name right away. He was I've a, heard the name. He was a famous uh, voice actor, and he did some novelty songs. His most famous hit was The Purple People Eater. Yes. Oh, yes. wow. So Sheb Woolley, a Purple People Eater, uh, also <laughs> gave us the Wilhelm scream. Here it is. Uh, here's a, here it features in Batman Returns. This is, wow. ba- this is Batman tossing a thug off the roof. Okay. <laughs> it's so dramatic. I'm going to talk about Alan Smithy, who's extremely prolific. Some of his credits include Hellraiser Bloodline, Mighty Ducks the movie, The First Face Off. Um, he directed Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You video, as well wow. as Paula Cole's I Don't Want to Wait video. Whoa. He wrote five issues of the Daredevil comic book, and he wrote two episodes of MacGyver. The so, Renaissance man. Uh, yeah, he dabbles in everything. Yeah, wow. Who is this Alan Smithy? You might be asking yourself. I don't know. You guys I, know. I know. Yeah. Alan Smithy is a pseudonym <gasps> for people who don't want to take credit for their work. You know, for whatever reason. Like, maybe it was political reasons. Maybe they felt like... Embarrassed. They're embarrassed. Or they yep. sometimes when you're working on a creative thing with other people and you're the creative vision holder and somebody else gets in there, like... You're like, well, this wasn't really my vision. Yeah, I don't want my name on it. Alan Smithy. Alan Smithy. Yeah, he has a really long IMDb page. (laughs) That is so cool. It's like a code name. They stopped using it because everybody figured out the code. So, (laughs) or they stopped using it on movies. That was just fairly Um, recently, right? That the director's guild said they were no longer going to accept that, right? Yeah, it was well early 2000. So it started in 1969 on the death of a gunfighter. The director of that movie's name was um, Robert Totten. There was just a lot of drama with the lead actor, Richard Widmark. Richard Widmark didn't like working with Totten, so he got him kicked off the film, got him replaced with something else. The film was almost done. Like, there wasn't that much shooting left. The new director, Don Siegel, finished it up. And then at the end, he was like, I don't really feel like this was my movie. And Totten was like, I don't feel like it was my movie either. Ah. So they they went to the Directors Guild of America. Directors had to put their real names on there because they wanted to protect directors in case the producer's like, hey, we're going to say somebody else made this movie. They were like, no, it has to be the director. Um, so the Directors Guild was like, yeah, I see why you don't want to put your name on this. Okay. They came up with a new name. It's kind of like inconspicuous. It sounds like somebody's name, but it's not anybody's name. It got released under Alan Smithy, and people liked the movie. It actually was a hit. Like, critics were really impressed. They're, they're saying, we've never seen anything from Alan Smithy before. <laughs> so, like, they just expect it to just sort of bomb and go away. And yeah. Like, oh, who is this, this, this first-time yeah. director? And they were not supposed to tell people that they worked on it. And, no. I mean, I don't think that maybe they did. They did. But it, it got out eventually that Alan Smithy was a pseudonym for those two guys. So that was 1969. And then a movie came out the year before where the director also wanted to get his name off of it. So he retroactively <laughs> oh. made his movie, an Alan Smithy movie. 
There were a lot of movies made by like auteurs. Dune, for instance, David Lynch didn't want, didn't like the TV editing of Dune, so mm. he um, made it Judas Booth, oh. like as Judas Iscariot and John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, wow. I didn't know that. That's but a, just that's for a the great TV trivia. version. Of for the Dune, TV version of Dune. I believe also yeah. in The Simpsons, when Mr. Burns has a Burns for All Seasons movie made about his life, I think it shows up as an Alan Smithy film. Really? Oh. Yeah. 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 So dirty. <laughs> Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. We have one last quiz segment. Yes, uh, I'd like to close this out with um, a uh, movie quotes quiz. Hey, I remember you did this last time and you tricked us. Right, this is not a trick. Okay. There's no trick here. Um, however, all of the quotes um, are certain kinds of quotes. They are quotes in which people in the movies say the name of another character in the movie. So I'm going to leave that part of it as a blank. Okay. Got it. Right? And then you are going to tell me what character name did they say. Okay. Now, implicit in this is you figuring out what movie the quote is from, yes. which would then lead you probably to what the character name is. So we're not doing who is saying the not quote. Not who is saying the but quote. But the name. Not reference. the name okay. of the movie, but all these things should follow. Got um, it. You know, once you figure out what name should be in there. Here we go. Hmm. <clears throat> That's the secret grand adventure of the infamous blank. You spent three days on a beach drinking rum. Karen. Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. In the first movie. Pirates From of Pirates of the Treasure Chest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, here's one. Okay. If blank had all the judges and all the politicians in New York, then he must share them or let us others use them. Colin. Uh, Don Corleone. Don Corleone. Oh. Yes. From yes. The Godfather. Yep, yep. I'm here to rescue you. I've got your R2 unit. I'm here with blank. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, I'm going to give it to you because he says... Ben Kenobi. Ben Kenobi. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. From from Skywalker, Star Star Battles. Star Star Battles. (laughs) I'm going to vote for blank because she got hit by that bus. Karen. Uh, Regina George. Regina yeah. George, yes. From, <laughs> from Mean, mean Girls. Girls. <laughs> <laughs> While you were out stealing hubcaps, I lettered in track. I can't believe it. Blank turned jock? Karen. <laughs> Danny Zuko. Danny oh, Zuko oh, turned yes. jock. Right. Yes. <gasps> from wow. Greece. Yeah. Excellent. A woman's heart is a deep ocean of secrets. But now you all know that there was a man named... Blank, and that he saved me in every way a person can be saved. Oh, oh what's the full name? Oh man, what is the full name? Got to get first name and last name. It's um, it's not ringing a bell for me. Karen, Jack Wilson. Oh, mm-hmm. it's very close. Uh, get the last part of the name correct. Was, I did something. No. Oh, Jack Blankson is this, is this Titanic? from Titanic? Titanic. Yes. Yeah. 
Oh, Jack man. Nicholson. His name was Jack Nicholson. <laughs> he was the prettiest boy in the world. Uh, Jack Dawson. Dawson! Yes, Rose yes, yeah. Yeah. Jack Dawson. Yes, yes. Rose Dawson. You know, like, no, wait, no, wait no. did they get married? No. I don't think so. She did changed, they? no, but oh, she changed she? her last name to honor his last name when she came to America. That is so weird. Yeah. I did not remember that yep. part of the movie. Hmm. That is strange. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. You can't just take someone else's she name She just met this dude yeah. like from... Anyway. Okay. Sure. <laughs> and who, in case she doesn't hang, can say she started with a bang? Blank. And who, in case she doesn't hang? That's gotta be... Can say she started with a bang. A musical. Blank. It is from a musical. Oh! Roxy Hart. Roxy Hart! Roxy yeah. Hart. yeah. <laughs> Actual, Dana got it simultaneously. Yeah. Actual hanging. Yeah. Actual yeah. hanging. Yeah. Not, actual not bang. hanging out with hanging my out. girls. Yeah. Yeah. It's, right. uh, yeah, the death yes. penalty. Yes. 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 yes, 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 yes. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the king and queen of the spring prom, Tommy Ross and blank. Oh. Colin. Carrie. Uh, oh, uh, what is her and what is her last name? Uh, <laughs> uh, Wilson. No, uh, uh, Carrie Dawson. No, it's uh, <laughs> Car- Carrie White. Carrie oh, White. Yes. White. White. Oh, you can remember that because Stephen she gets, King's she gets coded in. Yeah. She gets coded in. Exactly. Carrie White. The yeah. mean kids rigged it. Yeah, because yeah. symbolism. Sure. Here's one you might know. Sassy, blank, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to cross here. Sassy, Sassy blank, oh. I'm sorry, but we're going to have to cross here. He's the character is addressing two characters. Okay, one yeah. of them is named Sassy, oh, and oh. the other one is named Blank. The character who is addressing Sassy and Blank is named Shadow. Oh. What's the answer? Sassy. Oh my God! It's the Staffordshire Bull Terrier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, champ? No, not Champ. Oh, oh my so God. close! Oh. You're so close. Chance. 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 <laughs> From. Oh my God! Homeward Bound. <laughs> Keaton always said, "I don't believe in God, but I'm afraid of Him." Well, I believe in God, and the only thing that scares me is blank. Colin. Is that Kaiser Soze? That's Kaiser ah, Soze. From wow. Usual Suspects. Yep. Nice, nice. And finally, well, well, Captain Blank. I had to see this for myself. And I told you that if you were ever a shrimp boat captain, I'd be your first mate. Oh, <laughs> Forrest Gump. Yes, yeah. Forrest Gump. Lieutenant Dan. By Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> but you ain't got no legs, Lieutenant Dan. Stay tuned for part two wow. of this episode, which wow. is the entire script <laughs> acted out by Gump. Karen. <laughs> that was good. That quiz, like, it throws your brain into that, yes. oh, I know this, what is it mode. Right. All right. And that is our movie episode. Thank you guys for joining me. And thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Hope you learned a lot of stuff about screams, about uh, production lingo, about the Vitaphone, Vitaphone, <laughs> and about uh, snakes on a train and other <laughs> mockbusters. You can find our show on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, and also on our website, goodjobbrain.com. And thanks to our sponsor, Squarespace. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? 
the federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.